Good morning and good evening, whatever time of the day it is that you're listening to this program. Welcome to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. On to week two we go, Eagles Nation, as the Eagles home opener is Thursday night. Thank you, NFL schedule makers. This year, at the link, as the Eagles open up the Lincoln Financial Field and welcome in the Minnesota Vikings, a team that is coming off a loss in week one in a game that they probably should not have lost against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I was looking at the kind of reviewing the game stats. I didn't watch the game. I, I probably may still tap into that a little bit, just didn't have a chance to do so. Prior to the podcast, I'm kind of, you know, because of my trip over the weekend, I was behind in making the Eagles post game, as you know, as that episode dropped yesterday. And I want to make sure you guys go back and listen to that. I had a lot of, uh, I think, really good content and insight in there. Not to pat myself on the back, but I really think that I uh, hit on quite a few points there in that in that uh, analysis of the Eagles performance there in the opener uh against the Patriots and uh, now we just move on to week two and already the Eagles can ill afford to have injuries at two positions you know if you were to look at this team uh heading into the season you would think there's two positions where the Eagles are very thin at number one we all know is linebacker and Eagles are already going to be without their starting middle linebacker for at least the next month, as Nicobe Dean uh, injured his foot, and uh, there was initial concern that it might have been a Liz Frank injury, which can linger on the entire season, and sometimes, and and in some cases, could even be season-ending, depending on the severity of a Liz Frank injury, which is a kind of the stretching of the bones, the smaller bones in the foot itself. Uh, it's a very painful injury. But fortunately, uh, according to reports and the doctors, he's not going to need surgery on his foot, and they believe he just needs to rehab it and uh, and uh, obviously, you know, stay off as much as possible. And uh, you know, he should be back in about four weeks. But it obviously leads a leaves a hole in our linebacker position, which will now uh, is Ellis is going to be moved to the forefront now and. More than likely will be uh, the starter on uh, tomorrow night or tonight, I should say, as you're listening to this podcast, as this will drop late Wednesday uh, and uh, you'll hear it on Thursday. And, uh, you know, so he's uh, he's a guy that, you know, was my training camp sleeper. I don't know if he could really consider him a sleeper. A lot of people are kind of high on his ability coming off last year. He was a guy that I, I like his energy. And, um, you know, you hate to see N'Kobe Dean go down this early. And the other thing about the injury to N'Kobe Dean is he's a guy that's still trying to get in his, you know, his experience as a player in the NFL. And that's now going to be postponed again for another, you know, month at least. So I have to see how that all, you know, kind of pans out. But, uh, you know, the bottom line is the Eagles – you know, are really thin at the linebacker spot. And, uh, you know, Christian Ellis is now the guy who's got to, you know, play the whole game. And 
I'm sure they're going to probably call up Morrow, the guy they got from the Bears last year. He's probably, you know, because he was re-signed to the practice squad after he was released. So he's there, and he does know, you know, he's been practicing with the team all offseason. So he's more than likely going to be, you know, get some playing time uh, as well. But there's other injuries that kind of came out of nowhere because you didn't see these guys leave the game at all or were out of the game, except for Bradbury. Bradbury's problem is, you know, if this game was on Sunday this week, he probably would be able to get through the concussion protocol in time to suit up on Sunday. There didn't seem to be a severe concussion. Although, and when I say that, you know, any concussion is a brain injury. I mean, that is the definition of a concussion. It's a brain injury, a brain bruise, if you will. So, you know, I don't want to diminish the importance of making sure that, you know, that's treated and how how potentially dangerous concussions can be. We, we do know um, as, as the years have gone on how dangerous concussions are over a period of time if you continue to get, you know, multiple concussions. And I don't know if Bradbury has had past concussions or not. I don't know. But uh, the bottom line is he's not going to be through the protocol in time to be able to play Thursday. Uh, And because of that, Josh Job is going to be thrust into the starting cornerback role, a guy who has shown um, that he can play in this league. Um, You know, he is spot started for the Eagles corners in the past. Certainly last year he did. And he's performed pretty well. You know, he's, He's at least an adequate backup. Um, I'm not overly concerned uh, with having him come into the game. The only issue is the strength of the Vikings is their wide receiver core. So this is not a, you know, kind of a average to even above average team at wide receiver coming in here. This is a team coming in with elite wide receiver uh players at the position. Of course, we all know about Jefferson at wide receiver, who you would imagine at Slay should mirror most, if not the entire game. Um, You know, but I know various packages and stuff, and depending on where Jefferson lines up, there could be Josh Job on him or, you know, maybe even Maddox at times. You know, I don't know. I know they like to move, they do like to move Jefferson around to try to get him freed up. But you would think that uh, Slay should be on him the majority of the time. I think especially now, the fact that Bradbury is not playing, um, you would hope that that's the case. But this Addison guy there, Jordan Addison, the rookie wide receiver there of the uh, Vikings, did score last week, and he is a promising young speedster. As well, another weapon there for Kirk Cousins and the Vikings offense. So, uh, this is a team that is going to test uh, the Eagles secondary. And unfortunately, the other injury, which is the one that kind of, well, one of the two that's really surprising, is the Eagles will be without Reed Blankenship, who apparently has, not apparently, he's got a rib injury um, that is going to keep him out for this game. Just not enough time for the Eagles to heal up from their 
bangs and bruises from opening day. Ribs are tough to play with. So, you know, and obviously it's, it's significant enough for him to not be able to, uh, to play. And that is a kind of a positive and a negative. Well, I shouldn't use the word positive. It's not a positive. He's our best safety really by far at this point in his career. Um, so it's not a positive at all that he's not playing. So let me back up on, on that comment. What I mean by positive is this is going to enable Sidney Brown to get on the field. Uh, you know, so I think, um, I think Brown's going to get a lot of playing time here. I hope, you know, cause obviously they do have Edmonds and Justin Evans who, you know, Evans played a lot last week and I made a point on my last podcast that he didn't do anything impressive. Uh, and I kind of was making a push already to get Sidney Brown out there. Well, because of Blankenship going down, we will be seeing Sidney Brown. Uh, I, I would think he's going to be um, getting a lot of playing time, if not start. I, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I mean, obviously Edmonds has got far more starting experience than Brown, Brown being a rookie. But to me, the difference in talent is significant enough for me to say just start Sidney Brown. Just get him out there. I was saying this last podcast. Uh, I personally would start Sidney Brown and get him out there. Now, here's what's – well, as I break down the game, I'll get into this a little bit more, but but I got to get through the injury list here. And, and there's two other injuries of, signific- of significance here. The other is Kenneth Gainwell, uh, who also is out for the game. Uh, again, it has something to do with his ribs, according to the injury report. So – this one's surprising. I mean, you didn't see Gainwell being injured at all that I can re- recall in the game. Um, but he's out. It's not like he's questionable. He's been ruled out. So those of us who were calling for, you know, Swift and 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 Penny, but Swift especially because he was active last game to get more carries. And uh, well, I, I would it's almost a guarantee now that that Penny's going to be active for this game. And we will have the Swift and Penny show uh, against the Vikings. So uh, fans anxious to see both of them uh, will definitely get that here on uh, Thursday night. Now let's not underestimate the absence of Gainwell and the impact. He is our red zone running back and, and obviously had much more of a, a bigger role in the season opener where he was our primary number one running back and, and got way more carries, I think, than anyone expected and was on the field way more than any of us expected. So I think this is going to uh, impact the Eagles more inside the red zone, the loss of Gainwell, than anything else. I think they're going to be more than adequate with Penny and Swift, uh, you know, uh, otherwise. But uh, those two are going to have to step up now inside the 20, inside the red zone, and, uh, you know, where they have all those packages where Gainwell is uh, is the primary uh, running back. That's where the potential impact of Gainwell being out will uh, could potentially hurt the Eagles the most. But I obviously feel that with Swift and Penny, we have more than adequate running backs to, uh, to make up for, you know, him in terms of the running game. And even the passing game, because Swift is – obviously very good out of the backfield, even though he did have a drop 
against the Patriots. But I'm not going to, you know, beat him up for that. He only played a couple of downs the entire game. So, so anyway, as far as injuries, that's uh, that's it for the Eagles. Um, the injuries for the Vikings, I think they had an offense. I think their center is out for the game. Um, let me just double check this. Uh, well, it's showing the Eagles here. Yeah, so I already know that what the Eagles report is. Okay, yeah, they're, so their center is out of the game. And then they have their tackle is questionable. And their outside linebacker is questionable as well. Now, let me give you some names. Garrett Bradbury, their center, is out He's with a back injury. He is not playing. And then the two questionable guys are Christian Derisaw, a tackle. He's been limited in practice this week. He's questionable. And Marcus Davenport, their outside linebacker. Both of these guys, by the way, have ankle injuries. He's been limited in practice and is questionable as well. All right. So so that's that's that. Now, I was looking at the uh, results of the Vikings-Bucks game because the Vikings somehow lost to the Buccaneers, who I don't think is that great of a team. And without having seen the game, um, I know I saw some highlights of the game, but um, you just kind of look at the final stats. You know, the Vikings had 369 net yards to the Buccaneers only 242. Uh, they had twice as many penalties, 6-3, to three, 45 penalty yards to 19. They both had almost the exact type of time of possession, 30 minutes, 39 seconds for the Buccaneers, 29 minutes and 21 seconds for the Vikings. Their big problem here with the Vikings was they turned the ball over three times. So as we all know, when you turn the ball over in this league, you are going to lose, you know, uh, more often than not. And three turnovers to none. Uh, that's the reason why the Vikings lost this game. I don't think anybody thinks that the Vikings are a better team than the Buccaneers. I certainly don't. But you turn the ball over. Again, this gets back again to the sloppy play, in uh, which is happening through the first two, three weeks of the season in September, like I was saying, because these teams don't play their starters. And this could very well, again, without watching the game, so I don't know exactly what happened here with their turnovers. Um, so maybe I can't really say this without actually seeing it, but I am going to make the suggestion that the sloppiness and having turned the ball over three times could very well be linked to the fact that they did not play their starters in the preseason. I'm going to continue to hammer that point home uh, because I feel that, uh, that there is a correlation there. Um, again, I am saying that just to preface those remarks. Uh, that I did not see the game, and I don't know the, um, you know how they turned the ball over and all that kind of thing, or what those turnovers were. I am going to kind of look at that game a little bit though, and watch the Vikings play a little bit. I have to do that before the game starts. Would have liked to have done that before the podcast, but I really need to get this podcast out and had limited time. I just did uh, yesterday's post game because uh, I just got back from New York. That um, was there over the weekend visiting family, so I had to get that. Uh, posted last night or yesterday rather and then here's the pregame for the Vikings so um I have concerns about this game I have concerns about uh how the Eagles are going to handle 
this offense, especially with the injuries that I was not counting on happening. Um, when I previewed this game with Matt, we both, or I, I gave the Eagles a win because basically I just broke it down to, I know the Vikings are dangerous, but until they can come into Philly and beat the Eagles, I'm not going to, you know, predict against them, pick against them. Um, Matt and myself both had the Eagles win in this game. Um, that is my main reason because they, this team just does not play well in Philadelphia, the, meaning the Vikings. Uh, they got destroyed last year and the year prior to that, uh, when they came to Philadelphia, we kicked the crap out of them in the NFC championship game. So the Eagles just seem to own this team in Philly, especially. Uh, Kirk Cousins in the opener went 33 uh, out of 44 for 344 yards and two touchdowns. Again, he's got weapons galore at wide receiver and one of the best tight ends in the league also in, in Hawkinson, who that's the guy to me that is going to give the Eagles fits tomorrow. I don't know how they're going to defend him. I would almost think about maybe putting Maddox on him in coverage. I don't know what the Eagles plan to do, but he's a guy that to me uh, – you know, should draw that type of coverage where you actually dedicate um, your cover, you know, your inside corner and have Maddox uh, try to cover him one-on-one. But either way, you know, between Jefferson, Addison, and Hawkinson, that is three major weapons. And then, of course, you got even Osborne, who's a guy that can beat you deep, you know, if you don't pay enough attention to him. You know, so uh, this is going to be a major test for the Eagles secondary that has got um, two starters out uh, in Blankenship and uh, Bradbury. So, and then potentially we could have a rookie in, in Sidney Brown playing. And, you know, I would think that might be the case. Uh, by the way, just getting back to the injury list, um, Fletcher Cox is also questionable for the game. Uh, he is battling a lower uh, uh, knee injury. So the challenge is going to be there for the Eagles. Now, I kind of just see, by the way, let me just go back again. Jefferson had nine catches for 150 yards. Addison had four catches for 61 yards. He had a 39-yard long uh, reception, and Jefferson had a 42-yard long reception. So this team will go deep. They will definitely go deep. And uh, Jefferson was held out of the end zone, so you know he's going to be itching and clawing and scratching to get into the end zone, no doubt about it. And Addison uh, did score for them last week. Hawkinson had eight catches for 35 yards. He was relatively contained. Even though he had a lot of catches, he only had 35 yards in total. So they kind of – whatever Tampa did, the Eagles should go to school on that because they really held him in check, uh, even though he didn't have eight receptions, which is a lot. But 35 yards is – you know, that's peanuts. You'll take that every time. And I think in the red zone, he's going to be especially dangerous. And their running back, I always liked Madison a lot. Uh, he didn't carry the ball much. I mean, the the Vikings were behind a lot in this game uh, because of the turnovers. And so they, they definitely threw way more than they ran the ball. I don't know if this is what you can expect them to do against the Eagles too. I think maybe that's very possible because of the injuries in the secondary. I think you might see a very similar – game plan that they had against the Buccaneers where they're going to throw. I mean, it makes sense. The Eagles' strength right now appears to be that that uh, they can, you know, handle the run pretty well. And uh, 
and throw on the Eagles, and especially with these two injuries, Bradbury being out and Blankenship being out. So I would expect Cousins to go to the air tomorrow. And uh, and Madison they have as a guy who can, you know, you, you can't underestimate him. I think Madison's a very good back. Um, every time that he's played, because I've been following Madison for a while, because a lot of times I've drafted Dalvin Cook, who was formerly the – uh, running back for the Vikings in fantasy football. And I've always would handcuff him by getting Madison. And whenever Madison had to play for cook, the guy would always come in and get a hundred yards or close to it. So he can run. He's, he's a decent player there. Uh, the Buccaneers did a good job containing him in week one, 11 carries for only 34 yards. So they did a very good job on Madison there. He didn't get a lot of carries, but, um, but he's a good back. I mean, don't underestimate him is, is what I'm saying there. Um, and Kirk Cousins, you know, we all know what you know, there's a lot that people say about Kirk Cousins, but the guy puts up numbers. Um, I always said for fantasy football, just getting back again, you know, Cousins is a great fantasy football quarterback. He may not ever win any big games, but you know what? During the regular season, uh, he's he always puts up numbers. And again, 344 last week with a couple touchdowns. So. Um, I think all of I think all of the turnovers, by the way, I do believe they were actually all on Cousins. Now that I think about it, Cousins fumbled the ball twice and got picked off. So those were the now I didn't see the fumbles, so I don't know exactly what happened, whether he was hit or he just, you know, it was a botched snap. I'm not sure. Um, but obviously if the Eagles can can have him uh cre- you know, can create those type of turnovers from Cousins again, that would be huge. And Cousins, um, you know, he's a guy that can that can hurt you, and he can hurt you deep, and he certainly has the weapons like we talked about. Jefferson, you know that it's a personal thing with him because it was all over uh, last year when Slay shut him down, quote-unquote, kept him out of the end zone, had the interception right at the goal line, uh, really contained Jefferson well last year. You know that uh, he is going to be number one anxious to score because he, he was held off the score chart last week. And the fact that, you know, he heard a lot about Slay shutting him down last year. So, you know, Jefferson's going to be ready to rock and roll on Thursday night. And uh, so, and, and the, the Vikings are no doubt going to get the ball to him. So, in fact, I'm going to make a prediction right now that he will score. So, um, I think he's going to have at least one touchdown tomorrow night. So, for me, I think the guy that they really need to, even more than Jefferson, is Hawkinson. I think uh, I could see Hawkinson having a field day tomorrow against our linebackers and our secondary. To me, if I was the Vikings game plan for this game, Hawkinson would be my number one target, even over Jefferson. That would be how I would game plan against the Eagles tomorrow. And uh, so, I hope the Eagles are have a plan to contain Hawkinson tomorrow. Because I can see him really going off. Uh, so that's one of my keys to the game is uh, stopping Hawkinson and Jefferson. I think Jefferson's going to get his. You don't want him to go for nine receptions and 150 yards. But keeping him out of the end zone would be great. But if you can keep Jefferson to maybe seven catches and, I don't know, 95 yards or seven catches for 85 yards, something like that, um, you take that. Take that every day. 
Uh, and you got to watch that Addison kid too, because he's he's a speedster, and so is Osborne. They have a lot of speed on this offense for Minnesota, and they don't have a lot on defense. So I almost kind of envision this game being a shootout. I think the Eagles offense is raring to get going. They took a lot of scrutiny over how uh, malaise they were under the weather and bad the bad conditions that they had in New England. Uh, should have good weather um, tomorrow or tonight, I should say, when you're listening to this in Philadelphia. So I expect the Eagles to uh, really show their offense, to really open it up, and we're going to get a real good sample. I know it was hard on Brian Robinson um, and his play calling, but, you know, I was, I was scrutinizing it heavy. Uh, the Eagles going to have to open up the playbook here against the Vikings, and it's going to, you know, it should be a very entertaining game. I, I think this is going to be a shootout. It's kind of how I envision it. I could see both of these teams getting into the upper 20s, low 30s in this game. I really do. Um, and turnovers will play a role, too, if the Eagles are able to turn the ball over. And if the Eagles don't turn the ball over, hopefully, I don't think they can afford to turn the ball over against the Vikings um, with that offense. You want to get that keep that offense off the field as much as possible tomorrow, tonight. <laughs> I keep saying tomorrow, but by the time this podcast drops, it'll be tonight. Um, so, uh, that is, uh, that's kind of how I see this game. I mean, prediction wise, it's hard for me to kind of, as I've given this thing some thought, um, I do see a high scoring game here. I also am very, very, very concerned about the head coach, you know, not the head coach, the, um, like I said before the season, my concerns are the new coaches. And I was not impressed by the play calling offensively last week at all. I ripped it to shreds. If you want to go back to one podcast and listen to that, I really encourage you to do so. You'll hear my post-game comments about the Patriots game. And uh, and then defensively, I wasn't, I wasn't as hard on Sean Desai as I, as I was on the offense, but uh, I think this is going to be a game where um, his game plan to stop this Minnesota team is going to be very interesting, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what he is going to come up with, especially with these injuries um, in the secondary, which, like I said, this is the wrong team to have injuries in your secondary to be playing. So that's another reason why I think this game will be a lot closer, if not – a potential loss here for the Eagles. Now, I hate to say that and even throw that out into the atmosphere, um, but uh, this game really concerns me tomorrow, tonight, <laughs> tomorrow slash tonight. Um, I know I predicted the Eagles would win, but again, each of these preseason predictions, of course, as the game date arrives, there's variables that are going to the actual prediction that I will make because, again, you know, this is a perfect example. They have the Eagles with three key players out for the game, really four, actually four key players out for the game, the Kobe Dean, Reed Blankenship, Bradbury, and Gainwell, all out. Those are four starters. And Cox being questionable. So potentially five starters missing this game. All on defense except for Gainwell, who is a guy that, you know, I think that they can replace uh, 
pretty well. And, and again, I think the biggest impact of the loss of gain will be in the red zone. So Eagles home opener, a Vikings team coming off a loss that are going to want to get, you know, get back in the win or get to the win column for the first time this year. I think you kind of hear by the reflection in my voice that I have major concerns about this game. I think the Eagles will hold on and win this game. <laughs> I was really, it's going to be a close one though, guys. And I can see the Eagles trailing at various times in this game. Um, I just think that the Eagles have enough offense to counter live with the Vikings do. Cause I don't know if either team's going to be able to stop each other quite honestly. Um, I'm a little more concerned because we haven't seen it out of the Eagles offense yet with the new offensive coordinator and the creativity that was lacking in the first game. So that's what means leaves me a little hesitancy to think that the Eagles could, would be able to keep up with a high scoring game right now, or if their offense will remain in a funk like they did in the first game. But I think the weather elements had a lot to do with that. Um, and I, obviously, I, I would hope that the Eagles have a big uh, playbook that they can open up in a game like this. I don't fear the Vikings' defense much at all. I think there's going to be plays to be made, and the Eagles have the offensive weapons to do so. Short turnaround for both teams. Um, but the injury impact is far greater on the Eagles. So as I analyze this game, it would not surprise me if the Eagles lose this game. At all. I would not be surprised. Um, but I think being the home opener, the pressure that the Eagles can get on the Vikings Mac Jones did a good job of getting the ball out in 2.6 seconds. I don't know if Kirk Cousins does that because obviously he's looking for the big play with Jefferson and Addison and those guys downfield. Now he can certainly shoot it out quickly to Hawkinson if he's under pressure. That's why, again, I think Hawkinson's going to have a huge game. I think if anyone's got him on a fantasy, on their fantasy team, expect a major production out of him. Um, but I do think the Eagles' defense will be able to get to, to Cousins. Um, maybe force some throws and um, and limit, you know, his ability to go downfield as he as he wants to do. They're going to have to. I think the Eagles' defensive line, the onus is on him and them to really get pressure on Cousins and make him uncomfortable and move him out of the pocket, uh, and to give our inexperienced cornerbacks and safeties out there uh, that'll be playing. Uh, some catch-up time, recovery time, you know, covering those those talented wide receivers and tight end that the Vikings have. So that's kind of what I feel is important the Eagles going to need to do to get a win here. It's going to be a high-scoring game. I'm going to go 33-30 Eagles. I expect a high-scoring game. That puts the – Total points in a 63 range. So I think this game will be 55 points or more. You know, 
Uh, take the over, whatever the spread. I'm not sure what it is, but I think I would go over in this one. Um, I, I think that both offenses are going to break out. And um, I do see Jefferson scoring. Hawkinson's probably going to get in the end zone. Eagles going to have to get in the end zone, you know, so look for A.J. Brown, Smith to do their thing. You know, maybe Swift gets in the end zone. And, hey, guys, we got Dallas Goddard on this team. You may want to throw to him a little bit in this game too, guys. Just kind of putting that out there. Putting that out there for you. Think about it. Um, actually, you know what I'm, what I'm going to predict also? I predict that the first passing play by Hertz will be to Dallas Goddard. So there's a in-game prediction. So 33-30 Eagles is how I see this one. A lot of injuries to make up for. I'm excited to see Sidney Brown, though. Like I said, there's always always a silver lining. And as much as I hate to see Blankenship being out of the lineup, um, the fact that we're going to be able to see uh, a lot more of Sidney Brown, and I hope it is a lot more of Sidney Brown, you know, uh, that we do see. Tonight, I'm gonna say it again. Um, but here's the thing, folks. First of all, you can email the show. Let's not forget about that at petwgp at gmail.com. Take advantage of that, folks. Let me hear from you. Your thoughts on the Patriot game, your thoughts on this game, your thoughts after this game, your thoughts just in general. Let me know. Let me hear. It. If you got any questions, I'll answer them on the air. So fire away with anything like that. And, uh, and as always, really appreciate you listening and make sure that you do follow and, uh, subscribe, rate the podcast. It really helps me grow the audience and grow the show. I really rely on you guys to do so as I've tried to promote this podcast and other means through social media and they, they bounce me off. Uh, they say it goes against community guidelines, all this kind of thing. So I try to do that in Facebook and some of the, some of those type things and, uh, they won't let me. They won't let me. And I try to tell them, listen, uh, this is not for monetary purposes. Um, it's a clean program. and But for some reason, and they won't answer why, that it's uh, against the community guidelines for me to try to promote my show. So uh, that leaves the onus on you. So I appreciate you guys tuning back in, following the program so that you don't miss and you get alerted when I do drop a podcast. And uh, tell your friends, you know, share the links with your friends, shoot it over to them and say, hey, listen, man, I found this podcast. This guy's got some good stuff, entertaining stuff. Well, when you're on the road traveling here or there or just doing some chores around the house, just punch in, bring up Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff and let's talk Eagles, right? That's what it's all about. So as always, I thank you for tuning in and uh, I really appreciate everything that you do for this program. So with that said... Let's get a win, Eagles. This is going to be an entertaining, fun game here on Thursday night as our birds take flight in Philly for the first time. Let's get a W. And, of course, we'll be back posting tomorrow night to talk about the game and uh, and see how our birds do in their home opener against the Vikings. Until then, thanks for listening. We'll see you later. And fly, Eagles, fly!